Thanks, everyone, for watching. I'm Daniel Payne. I'm Managing Principal at AEA Consulting in New York, and I'm excited to talk today about a toolkit for scenario planning that AEA and the Wallace Foundation have just put out into the sector. It's called, as a title, Navigating Uncertain Times, uh, and uh, excited to uh, get to share this with you uh, through this, uh, this monographs session. So first, uh, thanks to the many people who have helped over the course of this uh, process in developing the toolkit. It's been about six or seven months of work uh, that we began uh, with the Wallace Foundation in early April 2020, uh, spurred initially by the upheaval we were seeing and hearing about in the sector um, after the early uh, spread of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, but there's been a ton of work uh, in the time since then from a lot of people uh, from our team at AEA, uh, from the team at the Wallace Foundation, who I probably haven't fully captured in the names that are on the list here. I think there's been a lot of people behind the scenes uh, who have helped out there as well uh, with Wallace. And then perhaps most importantly, from the advisory group that we formed to help with this project, um, uh, 12 uh, arts leaders uh, who are uh, at the heads of different organizations across the sector in, in the U.S., uh, as well as uh, as well as two other uh, advisors that uh, have been with us uh, along the way from the from the start of this uh, until now. So, uh, a huge thanks to everyone involved uh, with this work. So, why spend you know these six or seven months contemplating scenario planning? Uh, our initial rationales stemmed from investigating the lack of clarity with which the arts and cultural sector was able to respond in the wake of COVID. Um, this uh, work is also recently published as a report uh, with the Wallace Foundation called Arts Organizations Early Response to COVID-19 Uncertainty, uh, Evidence from the Field. And that research included a literature review, a survey of 118 arts leaders from a range of disciplines and organization sizes, and then 44 interviews with leaders from the U.S. as well as Australia, India, and the U.K. about how their organizations were responding. And what we found was that there were some immediate consensus impacts. Um, first, a move to the digital space for programming and to sort of rebuild the connection to the audiences that had been lost uh, when organizations had to close their doors or their venues. Um, and of course, you know, we're now used to seeing lots of these programs like this one uh, on YouTube uh, and Zoom, but it was a, a huge shift and there was lots of, uh, I think, growing pains, particularly early in, in the pandemic time from that. A second uh, was this clear disparate impact from the inequality of resources available to culturally specific organizations and those available to larger legacy institutions um, and changing how those two different types of organizations could and often did respond to be able to benefit their community. And that impact was only made more stark after the murder of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement took on more prominence uh, in the early summer um, and it resulted in, of course, further increase for calls for the sector to grapple with legacies of institutional racism. The third, then, uh, our research found a shared uncertainty around uh, forward planning, 
both in the near-term questions about when organizations might have been able to reopen their doors, but also about longer-term issues, such as the ongoing impact of the climate crisis, increasing economic inequality, the continued emergence of new technologies, political polarization, and so on. And all of these sort of near-term immediate impacts were also carried forward into the longer-term planning window. And leaders in the sector saw likely changes to operating models, a need to diversify sources of funding, and often a need to shrink those models or their, their budget sizes, uh, as well as changes to audience behavior uh, as generational changes arrived and the socioeconomic divide grew uh, as uh, inequality continued um, and maybe even deepened due to what many people started calling a K-shaped recovery where the top bar continued to grow uh, and others trailed off or were forced with uh, extended periods of joblessness in the wake of the pandemic. Um, so overall, it seemed to us like we were in a period or, or going into a period uh, that was one of increased uncertainty and complexity and that arts organizations needed to find new ways to help think about how they would plan and respond. And as a part of this work, you know, we asked those questions uh, of these leaders as well, among a number of others, uh, you know, how could they, how could they best prepare? You know, what skills or non-financial resources could help them um, respond to the impacts of the COVID-19 situation? Uh, and there are lots of important uh, elements that we got in response to this, including leadership skills, uh, capacity building, access to reliable audience data, but two key elements that were bubbling up to the top were around business planning and then scenario planning resources. And so as we thought about our response at AEA and how we could help organizations respond, we turned to those tools, and especially scenario planning, a planning tool that has been used in corporate settings for a number of decades, but in our experience had not seen as much uptake in arts and culture. And scenario planning is a futures-oriented way of thinking and I note in particular that plural S in futures, which is important because the process of long-term scenario planning is an opportunity to think beyond the near-term predictions and be more imaginative about multiple possible futures and directions. And so the goal of the work um, is really to extend the planning horizon beyond a close-in view, whether that might be planning for reopening uh, the end of a financial crisis or things like that. Those are, those are valuable windows to account for uh, in your planning, in your work. But this scenario planning tool or methodology is really more about ensuring organizations can best position themselves for success and impact in the long term. As a part of that, there are five core goals that we've talked about um, with the organization that have undergone this work and with the people who are part of the advisor group. Um, and we think, you know, the, the toolkit that we've put out and the scenario planning process more generally can, can help them achieve these. The first is to provide a framework for planning in conditions of uncertainty. We talked about this as the baseline uh, sort of driver behind this work and our engagement here. Um, but we think it's particularly helpful in thinking about major causes of change facing an organization, whether that's a you know, response to COVID a response to calls for racial justice, economic uncertainty or labor rights, climate change, new forms of technology, or other outcomes that remain unforeseen to us right now. 
The second goal is to ensure that planning accounts for wider social, economic, and other exogenous forces that are likely to have significant impacts. The scenarios that we created as part of this toolkit were formed after reviewing a database that we created of 70 or so trends across a framework encompassing creativity, social forces, technology, economy, environment, and political forces, or a framework that we called C-Steep, expanding upon a steep framework that many people use to encompass those forces of creativity that are so critical to the arts and culture sector. And we wanted to help organizations understand the impacts that these, you know, both immediate and also, you know, longer term uh, impacts and forces were having uh, or likely to have on artists, organizations, and the creative ecosystem. The third goal is to guard against systemically optimistic or pessimistic thinking and also against groupthink. So what we want to do as part of this process is to make specific people's assumptions about the future and expose those assumptions to the sunlight uh, of other people's thinking uh, through this process so that you don't end up off in the deep end one way or another, but collectively as an organization or as a team, people are working together where we might be headed and why they think we're headed in that direction. The fourth goal is to, is to find commonalities within possible futures that can be planned for today and to promote more nimble response when outcomes are in doubt. Uh, and so while the tool is centered around a creative thinking process, the ultimate aim of what we're doing here is action-oriented and preparing organizations to move forward into different futures and have accounted for those uh, in, their, uh, in their frameworks and in how they're going to do their programs or engage with audiences. And then the fifth goal that we've listed here is to identify how individuals and organizations can focus on their core purpose and be proactive shapers within and between potential futures. So we want this process to be hopeful for participants um, and allow for proactive moves to guide toward more positive outcomes for the organization and its surrounding communities. So it's not just a fatalistic look and saying, oh, we're headed off the cliff this way or you know, there's something good happening here, but might allow an organization to um, select a path forward and help drive overall um, society in specific directions that it sees as positive or beneficial. So then what does scenario planning entail? As I said, it's ultimately a creative process that we progress through three main steps. Uh, the first is scanning the external environment for macro forces and industry trends that, when we combine them, create maps of potential emerging landscapes. And this step, you know, looks beyond the individual arts or culture sector to highlight areas that could initially seem far afield but could have a significant impact over the relevant time frame. Uh, for example, new technologies, demographic trends, political changes, things like that. From there, we craft a range of future scenarios. Um, the process that we uh, are engaging with in scenario planning embraces uncertainty. So we have to understand that these future scenarios are not necessarily our predictions of directions that we're moving forward into, but rather views of alternative outcomes that may exist in one form or another. 
And each of the individual scenarios that are created should stand alone as an individual coherent future, but also collectively stand together with the other scenarios to challenge teams uh, and the people that make them up with a range of possibilities uh, so that we're not locked into the single direction or placing a bet on uh, that one idea about where the future is headed, but instead being able to be agile and move across uh, different possible outcomes. Because I don't think any of us, unfortunately, have a crystal ball uh, that allow us to perfectly predict where the future is headed. And from there, we then move into uh, planning future directions, analyzing the impact of each uh, scenario or scenarios on our organization, comparing the differences, noting commonalities between them uh, to form a basis uh, for uh, future movements. So the toolkit that we've created aims to turbocharge the process by pushing forward through some of the early steps so that an organization might be able to you know, be ahead of the game, uh, step toward the application and understanding of the impacts for their specific situation and context. So to take you through how we went through this process at AEA, we thus started by leveraging AEA's existing work, tracking and monitoring global trends with the potential to significantly impact the arts and cultural sector and put together this big database that I talked about of over 70 trends and the statistics behind them. And from there, began to craft out an initial set of future scenarios for consideration by arts and cultural organizations. Uh, and in doing so, we recognize that there really isn't a one-size-fits-all set of scenarios. Each organization or individual is going to arrive with their own particular concerns, timelines, or professional uh, circumstances. So we tested those initial scenarios with the advisory group that we had pulled together for the project. Uh, one iteration via individual review uh, from the 12 members of that group, and then a second iteration um, uh, in larger group settings via Zoom sessions. Uh, we got some really good feedback through these conversations and really helped everyone understand how uh, the scenarios could be taken not as the end, but really as starting points that could be modified and adjusted in different ways to each organization's particular context and concerns. Uh, so it's important to note that regardless of whether you would accept these scenarios on their face as we have them presented in the toolkit or want to dive deeper to revise them dramatically, the process isn't really about those scenarios themselves but really about the thinking process that goes into them and helping an organization understand the implications for its future community or communities and what it means to carry out its mission and purpose uh, within that context. So there's no right future or wrong future in these. They're simply tools that can help organizations imagine themselves in different future settings and craft an appropriate response. The last step then was to try to understand how cultural organizations could pick these tools up and best use them, what sorts of things they would need alongside, how we could explain the thinking process so that they would be able to pick up and make this an actionable process that resulted in a better understanding of future directions. So we tested these draft tools in different ways with different organizations, but ultimately ended up with eight sessions uh, in the end. 
with On the Boards, a contemporary performing arts organization in Seattle, Washington, uh, with the Yale Repertory Theater, uh, which was particularly interesting because we were able to engage with the students who help run the theater uh, and may hopefully one day go on to be future leaders in the field. And then uh, through a group of organizations pulled together by Opera America, um, who uh, each picked up the tools and shook them in a variety of different ways to give us really helpful feedback uh, about the process. So what did we end up with at the end of this? Uh, the tools that we created and released with the Wallace Foundation include three main documents. The first, the overview, sort of the core document or the first one you might pick up in a scenario planning process. The second, or the detailed scenarios, which provided a more in-depth look at four possible futures in five years' time. And then the third, or what we call the planning worksheets, and that's the document that could help organizations organize their thoughts about how to convert the thinking that had been done as part of this process into action. And then there's a fourth document uh, that provides supporting information, uh, a literature review we put together about scenario planning for those interested in diving deeper behind the process. So I'm gonna go through each of these uh, in a bit more detail. The first is the overview. And this discusses a background of the process, highlights some of the uses of scenario planning and the thinking that went into this toolkit. Um, it provides an outline of the scenarios and a one-page introduction to each scenario. Uh, we've graphed the scenarios uh, that we created across two axes that we think are both important to the sector, but also really helpful in explaining the range of outcomes they represent. Uh, one, highlighting the course of the pandemic, whether it's contained in a relatively quick timeline or whether it's prolonged over multiple years. And then second, the social response to the upheaval and our resulting propensity to gather in physical spaces together. Um, now, it's worth noting that while these are the two axes we've pulled out to highlight, there are many other trends and variables and forces operating behind them as well, others of which are worth exploring in more depth um, and may be more relevant to you know, some organizations more than others. Behind those pages of the scenarios are further pages that highlight common threads and then provide an introduction to how organizations might use them. So in effect, if you had 30 minutes to get a quick primer on scenario planning and a document that could get you started in the process, this would be the place for you. The next document, the detailed scenarios, dives deeper. This document gives five pages for each scenario. The first is the introductory story explaining the future. Second, a review of macro forces that are causing the largest impacts in that future. 10 sector indicator metrics that provide a directional look where arts and culture are headed in each future, a sector-wide SWOT analysis or strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and then a more detailed look at impacts on a selected set of sector stakeholders. Uh, we also supplement these with some blank scenario pages if somebody wants to create their own uh, scenarios as well as insight into the trends database that we collected during the process. And then the third document are the planning worksheets that are those series of documents that provide question prompts and worksheets to organize the exploration of each scenario 
and allow those who might be involved in a scenario planning process at an organization to begin to sketch out likely impacts and responses. The purpose of these is to help determine the concrete outcomes that can be the basis of planning, no matter the future uh, that's ahead. And these are really, as I said, the tools that hopefully spur forward action from each of these organizations um, as they use these tools uh, in planning. And these could serve as a you know, standalone process um, or uh, integrated into other um, you know, future methodologies, whether that's a strategic planning setup or business planning setup uh, as well. The last document then, as I said, was a literature review that can help those who are interested go even deeper. Uh, it provides a selected list of general literature on scenario planning best practice uh, and summaries of other scenario planning documents that emerged during this time from different backgrounds and contexts. So to wrap up, some thoughts on how you might use these. And having gone through some of these tests, uh, I think the first thing we would suggest first is determine the amount of time that you have to spend with these. Uh, do you have a half day to explore this mode of thinking? Uh, or do you have a number of hours over a month or so? Uh, that can help you determine the right structure for a scenario planning process and whether you need to keep each scenario at a relatively high level or whether you can dive in and recraft and tailor those scenarios to your specific context. The second thing we would suggest thinking about is who you can get around the table or should get around the table to be a part of the process. Um, an organization should probably form some sort of working group uh, that can work through this together and really engage deeply with the material and be part of a consistent conversation about its use, particularly if you're doing this um, over multiple days. So the people that you're likely to bring together, I'm sure would include senior staff members, board members, but you might want to expand that to also include artists that you work with or community members uh, who have a significant um, impact uh, or connection to your organization. A diversity of backgrounds and perspectives across these people is critical um, because you want people who can you know, sort of spread their wings uh, across a number of different perspectives uh, as part of this process. Um, I think the most important prerequisite for all of this is that they know the organization well. Um, it can be, of course, a useful tool to expand engagement with stakeholders that you don't speak to enough, uh, or perhaps new board members who have recently come on board, um, but they have to be able to understand your organization and how these futures uh, will impact it. Um, to facilitate deeper discussion, we probably would recommend keeping the size maybe to between, you know, 8 and 14 people. Um, though lots of different sizes could be accommodated through, you know, breakout groups or setting up different groups to focus on uh, different scenarios and outcomes, as long as you pull them all back together in a coordinated fashion at the end. So in conclusion, I think, you know, organizations that utilize these scenario insights are really better equipped and more nimble when new opportunities arise, uh, major challenges occur, uh, like COVID or any of the other changes that we've seen uh, over the last eight or nine months in 2020. Uh, the scenario planning methodology offers the ability to adjust current strategies that are clearly at odds with likely futures but hopefully do so well in advance of a crisis or turning point. We hope they give people the confidence to act boldly, to move toward outcomes and futures that are really in alignment with an organization's core purpose and mission. Thank you for your time. 
If you have any questions uh, or would like to engage in more discussion about these, I totally uh, would love to talk uh, either via email uh, or via phone, which I've listed here on the final slide. Thank you very much.